Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode, continuing on with our WSX coverage from Melbourne. Uh, We banged out a couple of podcasts. Hopefully you've listened to the Josh Hill one. Now it's time to wrap your ears around uh, a podcast with Cole Sealy. First time we're getting to do one in the flesh, which is cool. Uh, Cole actually did the podcast before we ever had the US studio. We did like the Skype deal through COVID. Um, So this was really cool. He's a guy that I just really enjoy being around. I really enjoy watching him on a dirt bike. uh, And I really enjoy hearing what he has to say. A bit of a tough night for him in Melbourne. Uh, He literally got taken out in every single race. So I'm not sure what he has to do to, uh, to stop that from happening next year. Maybe take a leaf out of his teammates book next year and just go on the offensive. Um, But nevertheless, he uh, threw a bunch of whips to the crowd in that last moto. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed this podcast. We talked WSX. We talked his, uh, I guess, coming out of retirement uh, and his plans for the future. Um, and yeah, I just just really enjoyed hanging out with Cole this weekend. We got to watch the 450 races together both nights, which was pretty dope too. So hope you guys enjoy this one. Just also, yeah, massive shout out as well to um, to everybody that came said g'day hung out uh took photos like it was a yeah it was a pretty humbling experience to be honest just to just to see how many of the gypsy gang were there there was so much merch getting around um yeah made me very very proud of uh of our little community that we've created um and yeah honestly just fired me up to get back to work on monday and just uh just keep going we've got a bunch of cool stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks as well so um i think that's kind of it for that um the first podcast that we're bringing you today is with one of my favorite people josh hill um we've actually figured out that we've just never done one in studio we're always doing these on location ones so one of these days we'll get hill in studio but nonetheless one of my favorite people to talk anything dirt bikes with um before we get into the episode with hill though got to bring you some words from our sponsors and the first shout out we have to give is to the guys at alpine stars um but also before i do that just a massive happy 40 year anniversary uh to the guys at monza imports now they are the company that is behind alpine stars in australia and we actually went down for their 40th year party on tuesday that's why we got down there so early um and it was just mind-blowing to I guess get like a bit of a refresher as to just how involved um, the guys at Monza have been personally in my career. I think the first time I would have walked through the doors at Monza, I would have been like 18 or 19 years old. Um, And that was in my stroke days uh, when I was working for the magazine. And then when I ended up going out on my own and starting MX Daily, those guys were supporting me. I think I run like Alpine Stars gear in like 2007, 2008 in uh like factory ktm shootouts for stroke and everything so um yeah it was just like crazy cool to see how long those guys have not only been supporting the industry um but been supporting me personally through all of my uh i guess my endeavors in the industry so 
Uh, this ad specifically will be about the Tech 10 boot. Uh, that's my choice of boot. Uh, and I, I've kind of contemplated going to the Tech 7s at, at times. Um, but I think that that's probably one of the cool things about Alpine Stars is that between the Tech 7 and the Tech 10, um, I really don't think you kind of need to look any further than that. Um, I even wore the Tech 10s all the way up to Cape York. And I know a lot of people will say that maybe wearing a, a, a boot with an inner booty for two weeks is kind of not as comfortable. But man, I, I just really enjoy that extra ankle support that you get from having the inner booty. I ride on my toes a lot, um, which kind of does put a bit more pressure on your ankles. And I just never really seem to have any problems um, with those boots. They also last forever. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see myself really changing. I think that if I was doing more, you know, techie enduro stuff like Transmotos, I'm probably going to look at running some Tech 7s in the future. Um, but like for motocross and then the, that big kind of touring stuff, the Tech 10 is definitely on the money for me. Um, and not to mention the gear and helmets that, uh, that complement that entire lineup. Um, not only that, I mean, if you, if you rode as well, like the tech air, um, the, the vest, as well as the full suit, um, the guys at Alpine stars are really pushing the limits in in every category. Um, so thank you to the guys at Alpine stars for helping us, um, bring you this WSX content. Um, and also thank you to the guys at Monza for their support over all of these years. This podcast is brought to you by, uh, I guess a group of legends that i would have called i guess personal sponsors in a sense uh but never officially uh sponsors of the podcast uh the guys at ktm newcastle they are australia's number one ktm and gas gas dealer uh and pretty much any time i order any genuine parts i go through uh ktmnewcastle.com.au um, not only do they have an awesome online uh, resource for KTM genuine parts, but they also are, like I said, they're the best dealership uh, when it comes to KTM and Gas Gas in Australia. Um, I got a chance to ride the all new KTM models, which uh, I believe that's going to be up on bike sales. We did a review for those guys um, at Conondale and obviously I've spent quite a bit of time on the current KTM models and I was really blown away by some of the changes, um, especially in in the four strokes. The uh, if you if you heard the podcast, you know I don't really like the air fork that much, but uh, they've actually made some changes. They're only small changes to the air fork, um, but they kind of address the problem that I kind of found with them. Um, and the uh, the the bottoming resistance is now so much better. It's got a lot more positive feel um, on that fork. I think the new ergonomics on that bike are awesome as well. Um, they've really focused on like pulling them in, making them uh, like a lot tighter and skinnier. Um, and I personally really like the feel of the ergos. Uh, and just some like simple stuff as well, which is a big win for me uh, on the new KDM models is the new foot pegs. They're a little bit lower. Um, they're much wider. Uh, you guys have always heard me talk about the Ballard's uh, aftermarket foot pegs, which I always put on my KTM's. Uh, but I actually don't even know that you'd need to do that. So there's some significant changes for the KTM range um, this year for 2023. Uh, and the guys at KTM Newcastle have fully stocked those bikes. Uh, another real sneaky one. Everyone's talking about the KTM 300. A sneaky one for me this year is that KTM 250 SX 
I first rode, I rode the 2022 at, at Miller's place on his arena cross track and I was blown away with how good that bike was. Uh, and then the 2023 version is even better. Um, that's probably the bike that I would be considering buying if I was buying a KTM two stroke in 2023. So if you are looking to get yourself a brand new KTM this year, uh, then I would suggest you get on the blower, call Shane from KTM Newcastle, Tell him you're a member of the Gypsy Gang uh, and he is going to get you dialed. The four strokes are in stock right now uh, and the two strokes are expected at the end of the year. So uh, don't miss out. We're actually in a crazy time of bikes just like completely selling out. So uh, yeah, get in quick. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. Design Co. You can go to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, type in Gypsy in their search bar and you will see that dope. Uh, custom retro graphics kit that we did for the 350 um, that bike looks amazing and uh, I had a bunch of people comment on it the other day at QMP which was cool um, I like having cool bikes those guys always deliver I can't take the credit for it they're the ones that do it um, but you can have it too they're actually selling that gypsy kit it won't just go on a KTM they can make it fit to any modern bike if you do get it tag me um, send it to me on IG. I'd be pretty stoked to, uh, to see what you guys come up with. Uh, rivalinkdesignco.com. They own the game when it comes to graphics. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. They were down in full force on the weekend uh, down in Melbourne. They are Australia's number one uh, for dirt bike parts and accessories. If you order before 2 p.m. on a weekday, you are going to get you're going to get same-day shipping, uh, which is unreal. Um, also, you can head to our merch shor- uh, shop at gypsy-tails.shop. Right now, we're doing 30% off when you use the code GYPSYGANG. Um, you're going to get 50% off, uh, 15% off um, with that same code uh, at fisthandwear.com. Uh, and we're also brought to you by the guys at crushoz.com.au. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you all, uh, and looking forward to bringing you some new content over the coming weeks. But now I think we do have a box for the weekend. Where's Molly going to watch from? Uh, I don't know. Fuck. If she wants to come up. Yeah, I'll, I'll let her know. She'd be, I mean, she she lives for just like uh, race beers. And, yeah. you know, like she just loves to just run around and <laughs> scope it all out. Oh, that's sick. Tell me when we're all rolling, Ronesy. Is this on auto Yeah, you can manual focus it if you want. Yeah, what do you think? Like half the dirt? It's like half here? Yeah, dude. Isn't it crazy that the track's going to get ridden tomorrow? Did you remember Wollongong? Were you at Wollongong? Nah, nah. I did six o'clock in the afternoon. There was no dirt. No shit. On Friday, before the race. <laughs> we had us do a, like a, a press thing, yeah. and they had like two little piles of dirt and put hay bales on it so they could like take pictures for the newspaper and stuff. Like There was no track. That all. is insane. And then all the boys like worked all night, and then they had to work all night the next night to get it back out. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, that's I posted a picture before, and then everyone's just like, those boys got a lot of work to do, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. They do but it. Just the logistics of like this stadium, though, that's what's gnarly. They can only have the dirt down for like 72 hours or something, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know what sure the deal like, is. They can only have the field covered up for like 72 hours or... Yeah, right. Or well, it makes sense because of all the grass. I guess. Is that real grass? Yeah, dude. It's like yeah. real grass. I, I think... I don't know whether... No, I mean, that probably is. It, it don't look like it, but... Yeah, this is like one of the fucking gnarliest stadiums in Australia. 
they reckon. It's one of the sweetest stadiums ever. Oh, the like location wise and yeah. shit, it's insane. We good to go? Let me make sure my phone's off. Oh yeah, I should probably do the same. Sweet. All right, my boy, Josh Hill, is uh, not in the studio once again. We just, uh, Josh just pointed out that I've never actually done one of these with him in the studio, so this is just par for the course for us, bro. That's how it rolls. We're in uh, in Melbourne, and uh, we've got a sweet. If you just listen, we've got a pretty sweet view. We're in the uh, we're in the Lin Fox booth, so thanks, Andy. Um, and we're watching the track get built right now. Talking some WSX, uh, Josh. We're well, fifth in the series, mate. Yeah. Fifth in the world right now. How's fifth it feel? It's back on top, man. <laughs> dude, you are no, back. I mean, fourth, really. If uh, you oh well, dude, Tomac's not here, so that, right that spot's mix. there. So <laughs> what? What are we? What are we going for the box this weekend? I mean, I'd like to. The last time I was here, Oz X, I got up on the box, and uh, yeah, I mean that. I'd like to. I mean, last weekend I, I didn't even start. I don't think one moto inside the top ten, and then in those short races, I still kind of clawed my way back through. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I, can, I just worked on some starts this week, and yeah, that's kind of. You're I'm in with the. You're in with a shot. If I can get a good start, I feel like I can battle up front for sure. Uh, so how was, I didn't get to go to Cardiff. I was going to go to Cardiff, but Millsy had his wedding on. So shout out to Jack. Congratulations on the wedding. Uh, how was the experience? Because I watched the broadcast, obviously the first broadcast of any like new series um, is not going to be like a true reflection of like the event itself, I feel like, but looked really good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I watched just kind of like all the motos, like the condensed version of the broadcast, and I didn't really see what everybody was complaining about. Maybe it was different when you're watching it live and there's some downtime or something, but yeah, I don't know. The race was sick. Like, the town, the Cardiff, like where we were at, was so rad. Like, the stadium was right in the middle of town. The hotel was right there. There was restaurants and bars. Like, the place was, it was going off. It was, it was a cool experience, and then it didn't look like I did when I watched it. It didn't look like there was that many people, but there was a lot of people. Like yeah. they just had, for some reason, they had the bottom floor like all uh, plastic over it, and like they didn't offer those as seats because I guess the stadium it's kind of like got a mound in the center. Yeah. So because of all the jumps and stuff, they didn't want to have people like, with bad views, so they put everybody up up top. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was loud. People were stoked. Like all day long, like in the streets, it was like you couldn't even walk around. It was all moto fans just blowing horns, and I mean. Yeah, all those buildings are like built in like like one thousand. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Everything's yeah. all old, and it, I I was pumped on it. The uh, that was my one bit of feedback that I actually gave down to the production team today was that on the broadcast you just couldn't hear the fans. But I was having people like we actually stayed up live. It was like three a.m. when it was on in Oz, and we stayed up live to watch it, and it sounded like there was no one there. But then I'd get people were sending me um, a bunch of like like Instagram stories or whatever from the event, and it was like insanely loud, dude. Yeah, I mean, people were all over, all over the streets the whole day. And I mean, in the crowd, it was it was going off. Like when I hit that quad, like <laughs> yeah. the place it erupted. It was sick. Like I was uh, that was definitely the highlight for me for sure. It was it was cool. I mean, the fans all seen it. They were all like. You know, nobody had hit it yet yeah. you know, in all the races, so it was just kind of a cool moment. Dude, it must just be cool for you just in general to be, like, back at the races and then, like, the spotlight's on you and then you uncork something like that and the crowd goes crazy. Like, that's something that, I guess, I don't know, I feel like you were, like, sort of known to be that guy. So, like, for you to have that moment, that feels right. 
It's just cool because a lot of times, like in Supercross, we do stuff like that, but it'd just be in practice, you know, and then yeah. maybe like 100 people in the stands, like seen it and they're stoked. But to have that opportunity where the spotlight's on you and, you know, the whole stadium's there watching one person. Yeah. It's just, uh, I think it's it's cool for, for me as a rider, but I think it's really good for all the sponsors, you know, like yeah. to, to actually get that time where spotlights on one person focusing on the sponsors and it's just uh it's cool all, around, all the way around yeah i always thought um and i'm pretty sure i've spoken about it before but i always thought that opening ceremonies in the u.s could be a super pole yeah. so you like bring the guys out you play their song you do their whole deal like a lap around and then it's like on the gate bang hot lap and then you, that gives you like that kind of gate pick because you're right like there's so many advantages to it i think I think it's like a good chance for fans to like really connect with someone too. Like I feel like just to get to see like an individual rider's style, like the way that you ride, rode the Cardiff track is like different to Kenny and different to Eli. So I just think there's like, there's a lot of different like nuances that could like make that pretty special. And I think that it was sick that these guys did that Super Bowl. And I, I think it was a lot of people's like favorite part of the event. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that'd be a great idea if they, if they took note and did something like that. I just, uh, you know, they got they got their their schedule, and that's kind of the way they do it. And you know, it has it's not broke, so I fix it. I feel that's like true. is how they do it. But it's cool. Like th- with this series, we get to try out these these new ideas and these new things and see what works. And definitely, if you were there in the crowd, like that was uh, it seemed like a high a high point for the crowd. What was uh, had had you done a Super Bowl before? Because they've done them here, like in the Ozex and the. Um, well, the Ozex opens in the the years previous. Was that your first one, or had you done it before? No, I've done it. I've done it before at quite a few. Oh, like Bercy and yeah, stuff Bursi, as well. I think too. like Geneva used yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always kind of playing with the you know the schedule and the format and everything too. Like they used to have like these elimination races and stuff. Really? Like they're always trying new stuff, which is is kind of cool. How does it feel as a rider doing the Super Bowl lap? Like, do you feel pressure? Like, is it hard to throw down a heater, or does it feel pretty similar to like the way you're doing it in quali? I didn't even really like my lap was just clean and then I hit the quad like it wasn't like a crazy fast lap or anything I think the whole time I kind of was thinking okay just hit my marks hit my marks and then you know make sure I do the triple before the quad just perfect so I can you know like yeah I I knew that that was my one moment to shine you know I I know it's gonna (laughs) be kind of hard to get out in front and lead and bust something like that out and, and be seen so I just wanted to just to have a clean lap and and when I when I pulled it out I was just it it was I was pumped because I did it twice in practice and that was one of the most violent transitions of any jump I've ever hit because it was kind of a small three footer and it seemed like the spacing was a lot shorter in between those two jumps yeah and uh it was a steep lip and the landing was uh, we measured it was like 82 feet or something like that that's Um, a pretty big hit off a three foot lip well yeah i mean you didn't you didn't have a full bike length of of flat (laughs) transition into it so you just had to be perfect and then uh yeah uh, so I, you know it was a little bit you know i didn't want to frame it and look like an idiot you, i guess the only pressure <laughs> yeah. is just not looking like an idiot i feel yeah. like people just generally appreciate the effort you know what i mean it's like hey man we appreciate the effort it was cool i had fun and tomac didn't do it kind of got that over him you know yeah, i mean tomac <laughs> went and won everything so <laughs> yeah. I, you know it doesn't matter it really take, wasn't that take much your wins when you can yeah, get yeah, it you I'll, know? I'll take that one now i mean i don't think it was really that much faster just because like 
you kind of had it. The next turn was so slippery and uh, it wasn't very, wasn't banked very good. Yeah. So even if you went triple and single and just launched out and then kind of made a quick, you know, quick yeah, pivot, yeah, 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 it yeah. really wasn't a whole, a whole lot faster. So would it have been, would it have been faster if the berm was like way peakier and you could have just like really tucked in and routed it or? Yeah, or just some more traction or something or ruts. Yeah, you know, yeah where yeah. like it was just uh, the, the dirt there got real, it, it seemed like it was going to be soft. And then it just got real hard packed. Is it, um, do you think that the dirt gets like better over years that they run there? Or is it like the dirt kind of stays the same? Does that make sense? Because I feel like some tracks, like there'll be some tracks where they, it's like a new venue on the series and then they um, go there year after year and it's like the dirt kind of gets better over time. Is that like a real thing? I don't know. Some places they, uh, some places they store the dirt, you yeah, know, like yeah. they, they have a dirt storage and then maybe they, they screen it more times and it gets better. I don't know. But I, I don't think there's really anything wrong with the dirt. I thought the track was sick. Yeah. The only thing that, uh, I would say is like they maybe should have moved that some of the, the hay bales or the, the, yeah, the, the boxes, cardboard boxes yeah. like maybe move them closer to the berms just so that like the insides weren't so far away from the berm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they just, it seemed like they opened the corners up too much yeah, to where yeah. the outside was too far away. Yeah. So then it just made everybody kind of do that road race line up the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like even before, before and after the whoops, like you should never go inside before whoops and jump yeah, through and it be faster and it be faster. Yeah, but yeah. it was like, you could rail the outside and then just absolutely annihilate the whoops and then go outside and be as fast as it wouldn't be like any different than if you just went up the inside and just, pop yeah, three yeah, three three yeah. and called it a day yeah well is there any um are these guys asking for any feedback when it comes to the the track stuff uh i mean they the guys that did the track in uh in wales is uh like is justin and outfie and uh one of the guys from from bakers yeah yeah and i mean those they're like the coolest dudes they do a yeah. really good job on the track and you know they kind of asked us you know what we thought of it and everything yeah. but you know i i don't i there was really nothing that I would tell them to do different with the track that uh, at Wales, maybe other than throw maybe a little more water to begin with. Yeah. Just so we would kind of get the moisture into the dirt and maybe get a few ruts and things like that. Yeah. But I mean, the way they built it was good. And it was just different. Like everybody was, a few people were complaining like, oh, the tabletops are too short and steep. And it's like, yeah, okay, but it's different. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't have to be the same cookie Same cutter spec, track yeah. for us to have good racing like you know if you you like that it perfect or you know the states is it, they'll, the tabletops always there. be the same yeah, in the states yeah. you know yeah but, um yeah well, I, I think the one cool thing was the track was wide yeah which i think was cool like they obviously just they got a bit more room um but yeah i didn't really think about the way that you said with like the track kind of the markers you, you don't really want like those road race lines but what did it feel like a more open track for you uh, yeah, I thought the track was good. Like the width of it was good. I think they built it like twenty five feet wide. Yeah, yeah. Which in in the states, I think they're twenty feet wide, and then when you put the bales on them, you know, it kind of turns into like eighteen feet. They're supposed to be twenty feet, is what the rule book says. But uh, you know, sometimes it's questionable whether maybe they're a couple of feet skinnier. But I don't think that was the reason that the corners, like it was just the corner markers just didn't seem like that, they yeah, were put yeah. in the right place. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, like there's yeah. just somebody, maybe they just needed one more guy on the on the payroll just to walk around and make sure the track markers were in the right place. So, yeah, I mean, if yeah, that's yeah. for the first round, that's the worst thing. I think it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I definitely, 
got a bunch of messages of just punters that weren't at the event that were like the track fucking sucked and it was so dangerous i'm like i don't know if this looks any like slicker or more hard packed than phoenix or you know like salt lake city i mean i just i feel like we see dry and slick supercross tracks well and everybody that got hurt got hurt in that same section and that section wasn't like dangerous or anything they, they were all bike malfunctions or like i don't know if Dino got cross jumped a little bit or like he made a mistake or, you know, and he didn't really get to, he just got a little banged up, right? Like he's racing this weekend and then clout had a big one, but I don't like he either hit neutral or maybe a rock got in his chain. It it was something, you know, out of his control. It it wasn't the track's fault. Yeah. So, and then uh, a chain breaking on JG's bike, that doesn't happen. Like you don't really see that a lot. It shouldn't happen. I seen a lot of bikes pulling up to the line and like with kind of tight chains. I don't know if that was the case with his bike or not, but yeah, no, that you, that shouldn't happen. But yeah, every once in a while, some companies just get bad batches of material. You know, it's happened to the best companies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen swing arms break. Like I've seen all sorts of shit go down. I mean, that's the, the biggest, like one of my biggest scares is a chain snapping like i I change a chain like every five hours even though like damn you're making me scared now because i do it like in 50 (laughs) on moto if i'm just like trail riding or riding a sand track i'll just let it run but like if i'm riding supercross like i'm constantly as soon as i as soon as there's one little one little kink in it it, pull that thing off yeah it's done done. (laughs) yeah uh metal ramps what's your what's your take on the metal ramps (laughs) they need to be bigger (laughs) yeah. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> like, no, it's good. They, I think they, they build it. It's like the same size jump as like a super or a super cross finish line. But yeah, they build okay. it out of a ramp. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I, I just wish they'd put it at 75. Yeah. So that like we had a really arc off that thing. Well, that way we actually, yeah. Like we're not, we have to gas it to make it instead of like trying to scrub it, you know? Yeah. But okay. Either way, it's cool. I think this weekend will be good. We got a dragon back like right into it. Yeah. So that'll be, uh, uh, you know, it'll slow the pace down, so you won't just be trying. You, hopefully, you'll have to give it some juice to get over it. Yeah, so hard if you're carrying so much speed that you're like pretty much chopping the throttle up, it kind of deal. Yeah, and then like at Cardiff too, it was the um, I don't know why, but they just kept getting the biggest pothole right in front of the ramp. I don't know if that's why everybody was getting flats or not, but ah. uh, so I I would kind of do my line on like where the pothole was it, just yeah, because yeah. I hated that feeling of just like bottoming out into the face of the ramp. But I think. Uh, yeah, it looks like they've got some dirt piled up in front of where the ramp's going to go, so hopefully they'll make that transition just a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, everything for me, like, it just, uh, I think the event was awesome. I got, I posted a, um, oh, like, a, one of the question boxes on, on Instagram, and it was the most responses I've ever had, and it was all from people that were at the event, and I got just pumped with positive, uh, like, messages of people that, I think like this, the whole sentiment of this series is just like giving fans around the world a chance to see Tomac, a chance to see Roxon, a chance to see you, a chance to see Dean. Like that's Dino's home Supercross, you know. Yeah. Like being called the British GP. Like there was so much. I guess there. I guess it just like it. it it played out the way they wanted it to in terms of like fans that never get to see Supercross getting to see Supercross and just being super pumped on it. And I was listening to um, 
to Tommy Searle's podcast and they were saying that like they were in the pub just drinking before the event and then there's all the old boys in the pub are just like oh what the fuck's going on at that you know at the stadium like what's Supercross and then he was saying like a bunch of them just got on and bought tickets and and went to the event so it's like it's it just seems like that was a really positive uh, like launch point for the series and it kind of ticked the the boxes that we're all kind of hoping this this would tick if that makes sense yeah like i said i mean being there and seeing it in person i thought it was great um i mean people there was a lot of people the track was good the competition's good like there, there's a lot of guys in both classes i mean the 250f class was uh i mean <laughs> it, mcelrath one of was like what did he win like or get like a five three yeah, yeah, six yeah, or yeah. something i mean it was it was good racing the only thing the only thing that's kind of tough with uh with the format is it just it's mm. so quick that you you know they go straight back to the gate and yeah it's almost like we need a little bit more time to do some math yeah you know? yeah to figure out like where you're at in the overall and how to play yeah, it yeah like going into my last moto i wasn't I'm, i really didn't even know what place i was sitting in i mean yeah. i got a five and a seven going to the last one so i knew i was probably fifth to seventh right but i yeah. didn't know exactly how everything played out so you know it, it's uh I'm sure as every round comes, like they're gonna they're gonna keep Dialing figuring out how bit. to make it a little bit smoother and make it the fans a little bit more informed on on you know how the how everything's playing out. Yeah, how about this for an idea? So there was a uh, a lovely Gypsy Gang member in the DMs that had a pretty solid idea. I think he he thinks that we should do the two motos back to back. Oh, like so, go two motos lights, two motos four fifty and then re-rack the lights so it's like a final moto and then re-rack the 450s for a final moto so yeah. then you're still getting that three moto format the last moto can be longer but then it sort of like builds a bit of suspense as to who's going to win the overall and then it kind of gives people that time to figure out exactly where you're at i still think the pacing like n no real gaps in the you know in the racing i think you could fit it to the same sort of tv schedule but i, I don't know that that seems like maybe one of the workarounds for that because a few people said the same thing like i just didn't know where the fuck i was even at yeah no i think that'd be a great idea and then you know you have you know the two shorter races would be back to back so yeah. you would have you know that 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 sprint pace and then have to recover and then go again and then actually be able to go back to the pits and you know if something's wrong on your bike actually address it where yeah, yeah. like right now if uh you know if you fall over and you bend your clutch lever or you know make your if your bars are twisted or you know whatever the case it's like do i pull in and fix this and just scratch this moto or yeah. do i do i just try to ride with my bike bent the whole time yeah yeah so i mean if you had that you know 20 minute break between the second and the third it let you know let everybody catch up to what's going on let the riders catch a break and then uh and then have that final like you know 12 lapper or whatever it is you know that's a you know half half again as long yeah, yeah th i think that'd be good yeah because i think uh that was probably like just like one thing for me watching it is kind of it feels like it's over before it starts but then like you said with the with the lights class i think that's it did what it is designed to do like it's supposed to be like super unpredictable like multiple gate drops you've got to be super consistent and it's going to give a lot more people a chance to like be in the mix um like you said mccarath won without you know winning moto oldenburg i think did he even end up getting on the podium in the end yeah he got third, third i think but he like won the first you know one nineteen one. he got in a big first turn pile up in the second one well and that's and cool so that you can still get in a first turn pile up and still get on the box 
Oh, I think that was kind of a anomaly that race. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it was just so spread out. I, I mean, I don't know what, I think Blos had one good moto, right? Like a second. And then yeah. the other ones were kind of a little bit off and he ended up second, like almost one. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I think it'll be probably not as jumbled up this weekend, but again, that class has a lot of really good guys in it that like there's probably five or six guys that can win right yeah yeah and, i mean that makes it that dude makes maybe it cool. more like i mean you got bogle is in there you got sealy that's in there oh, I, yeah, fe- I feel like uh moss. yeah mossy's in there i feel like uh aaron tanny didn't get to show yeah like he's good you yeah, know and like, i don't i don't think he got to show that chisholm was in second in the first yeah, round chisholm? and uh got a flat tire and went down hard so like he was kind of it kind of he, he was looking really good and then his race kind of got screwed too so yeah i mean probably seven or eight guys that realistically could win yeah you know oldenburg looked like the man yeah but then you know anstey kind of looked like the man at times oh, yeah, too we haven't even said anstey. yeah so i don't know it's it's definitely interesting like i don't know you know in the 450 class you know you've got ken and we had eli and, and brayton and freeze but you know the depth of the 250 classes like it's I mean, the depth of both is big, but the 250 class, there's a lot of guys with similar speed. Yeah, and I think uh, it's a it, this it's like such a weird feeling in this year because it's like a pilot series. Um, Indo, I'm pretty sure Indo was scheduled, like they were going to try and do a race in Jakarta, um, but then I'm pretty sure Bailey went there, and the stadium just like kind of wasn't up to scratch yet, like from what I understand, and they didn't want to risk like the product not being as good um so i think that for fans at home like if we if we kind of saw these guys like week in and week out like we did an eight round series like i think what you're saying about like that lights class it'd be this like wide open championship that you'd really want to watch to see uh how it went down and i think that two motos it's almost like uh, two races it's like almost a bit of a tease uh and then i think that in the in the states you've kind of got supercross that rolls into motocross which rolls into supercross which rolls so i think that the storylines just like always kind of keep going whereas this it's just like day one there's not really the storylines aren't set but i actually i really think they're there right yeah and then the way they're they're, the way they're doing the points which i didn't even i'm i guess i'm an idiot for not reading the the rule book (laughs) on the on the team app that we got but uh i didn't realize that every moto like every you know, race of the triple crown is a points paying moto towards the, the actual championship. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, I got fifth. Like I probably got 18 points or whatever. And then I looked, I'm like, no, I got like 46 points or whatever it was, which it makes the gaps, you know, it made my gap bigger yeah. from like, you know, my placing to being in the championship. But if you look at the 250 class, it's like anybody that was in the top six has a chance at winning this championship still. Yeah, right. It's like only like seven points or eight points from like first to sixth, the way it all worked out. So, I mean, it, it just adds more parity to the to the whole championship. And then if you start adding like eight or nine rounds into it, yeah, you yeah. know, somebody that, that is just... That wide open. Somebody that's just real consistent and stays in the mix could be a guy that, you know, that could still win the championship versus somebody that, you know, has a couple real good races and t- tosses it away because... Even if on paper you get fifth or sixth at the race, if you throw away a moto, yeah. you're losing a lot of points. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I guess like going then from this season into like the years to come, 
Like, how do you see this playing out? Like, I see you being here, and I see you doing this series for a bit. But, like, who like who do you see becoming, like, kind of staples in this championship? And, like, I don't know, are there any guys that you can kind of see coming across? Because I, I think that that's probably, like, the biggest question mark that people have um, at, the, at the moment. And I think it's, like... Uh, I mean, it's just like internet drama, I guess, that we've all been indulging in because we've kind of got something to talk about. But I think that's been like the big question. And even when I talk to guys like Townley and like people that are all for this series and like want this to be as good as it can be, even they've still got like kind of question marks over like, okay, so who's actually going to be like long-term players in it? Like, have you thought about that and like some ways guys are going to get into this or like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just whoever doesn't want to do outdoors, really. You yeah. know, um, I think. I mean, I think it's cool, like what they're what they're doing in the in the states with the SMX and and those two championships getting together. I know that's something that, like, you know, the guys at Monster, you know, they're stoked to see. They've wanted to have happen for a long yeah, time. Okay. You know, and and now it's coming, and you know, just the timing of it is. I feel like it's a little bit crazy, and Suspicious. definitely, you know, there's <laughs> well, but it's something that's been in. The, I feel like it's been in the works, you yeah. know. But now it's. Uh, you know, the timing of it's great because now there's competition between the yeah, series. Yeah, you know, now you yeah. have two promoters that are trying to push the sport. And, you know, the winners are going to be the, the fans and the riders because 100%. now we have more opportunities. So I, I don't know. It's just going to be who doesn't want to do outdoors or who is kind of maybe somebody falls into something where they don't land where they want to land in, in the U.S. Yeah. And they can land something good here. Yeah. And then opens up their eyes to how, you know, how cool it is to travel the world racing supercross or just people that want to want to change the scenery yeah. you know like if you, you when you race supercross in the states you let's say you're going to indy and you got to fly from california to indy which isn't that bad of a flight but you know it's a six-hour flight you land there and you want to be in that town as you know maybe little not, as possible as little you know <laughs> yeah. so that you can get back to the track and you can train and you can do your Recovery thing because and, yeah. you have saturday only you know where this you know i, I kind of we caught some rain back home in North Carolina, like the week leading up to this. So I didn't get to practice as much as I wanted to this last week, but we get, you know, a good amount of practice on Friday to shake everything down and then we race. So, you know, I feel like the travel schedule kind of leans towards actually taking in the environment yeah, and yeah. being around the people and kind of getting more involved in the, you know, what, what's happening and, and less just like, okay, I have to pin it straight back to the test track to get ready for, you know, to get three days in to pin it back. And I, and I guess, like, everyone's kind of in the same boat, right? Because, like, if you look back to, let's say, like, the James, Chad, Ricky era where it was like they were looking for every single, like, millimeter of advantage that they could. So then they started getting private jets. They started building compounds. Like, everything just, like, level, 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 level. And because you could, because, like, you could get in Saturday and then you could get out Saturday night and then you could be back riding Monday. Whereas... And it's like, maybe there's an argument for that, like not being the best thing for like the athletes themselves, or maybe that's like not the best thing for like longevity and careers. Maybe whereas you look at like this side, you're all in the same boat. Like you all have to get here, you all have to do the travel. There's not really going to be a bunch of tracks, and then it's like everything comes down to like you said that good amount of time that you get on Friday. So it's not like anyone's getting any crazy advantage over anyone else. It's sort of maybe it does kind of like roll back a bit of that kind of like pressure. Yeah. I mean, and like the, the series is doing a really good job of like, they're setting up all these promotions. So it's like, 
when you look at it on paper, you're like, man, I got to leave on Monday. So I'm there on Wednesday to do these promotions that they have set up. But then they make them so fun and, and you know, and treat us so well when we come in and, and do stuff. So it makes it, it just makes it more relaxing and more enjoyable. You get to take everything in. And then you have, you know, the Friday practice, we get almost an hour of practice, it seemed like. And um, I think that me personally, like I get the track dialed in like two laps and I don't get much faster, like as the night goes <laughs> yeah. on. But I seen that, you know, guys that didn't look good on Friday, you know, they had all day Saturday to figure it out again. And I think that's what made the racing so much kind of closer Yeah, is and everybody's like, oh, the track's easy. No, the track wasn't easy. The track, we just had a lot of more, we had more time than we normally do to dial in all these sections and make everything, everybody looked better. Yeah, Like the track, yeah, yeah. nobody looked good first couple practices on Friday. Yeah. You know, I mean, a few people did, but it wasn't like everybody was just on fire. And then by Saturday, like everybody kind of had the lines dialed. Everybody was doing similar things. Everybody kind of figured out what worked. And I think that made the racing tighter than, you know, there was like nine of us within a second or something like that at Tomac. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't Which, think it Which, doesn't was, happen that much in the States. No, it does. But, you know, there's the, the you know, the talent pool in the States it, it is, yeah, you know, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a pretty, you know, there's, there's, those guys are on fire, you know, like they're all firing on all cylinders. And for a pre-race event like this and for all of us to be that close in times was, uh, it was good. And in the track, it, it wasn't easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think uh, you made a good point before. Like, I think maybe, I don't know, like, maybe it's just the internet and how the internet works, but it seems like everyone just got, like, super into the whole, like, Feld versus WSX. And, like, but what you're saying is right. Like, whether it was a straight reaction to this series that, like, brought Feld and MX Sports together, or whether it was just, like, purely coincidence, it sort of, like, doesn't matter in the end, right? Like, what matters is that there's way more seats now, there's way more teams that, like, need to fill... Like, a great example is, like, MDK. So Chad's out this weekend, and then... Is Grant here? I think Grant got... I yeah. think Grant's out, too. Yeah, so then they... There's two spots that have... Like, legit have to get filled. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't get the money that... The start money that the team gets, they, right? I think they get fined. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, that's great! Because, you know, you go in other series where it's like, ah... Uh, Nah, we'll just put all our effort into this one guy now. Yeah. And it's like, that's cool, but now we're in a position where you know you like have to find some talent. Guess who gets a shot in the big show on Saturday night? Jackson Richardson. Yeah. One of them like the crowd here will lose their shit for him. Like he's one of Australia's like most favorite riders. So it's like that's a great deal. Like MDK, you know, let's say it's in the AMA where like a, a team ain't gonna get fined for not having a guy. Like that bike will sit under the truck and they'll put their energy. So, like, that's a really good thing. So, I think that, yeah, you know, kind of through all the, the noise, which has been admittedly pretty fun to, to like, deal with, and, like, the riders win and the fans win out of this no matter what. Yeah, and, I mean, there's just more money being circulated in the sport. You know, we Massively. Like, the Supercross, in the States, they found, like, what, $6 million more dollars. This series is putting, like, another, you know, that again at least you know yeah. for for money you know for guys to come in in the next couple of years like that's uh what like 12 million dollars yeah. that just grew for, <laughs> the pie gets for bigger. yeah it's great yeah so and, and i think uh yeah it's it's been fun to deal with like all that but i think that like the dust is slowly gonna settle on it all and then we're just gonna see that like this is really good for everyone like this is just like net positive you know and i think about you know like 
your brother. He's a guy that should. He didn't get to. <coughs> you good? You yeah, I'm good. Is I'm there now. a water bottle up there? Get the man some water. Let's go. Ah, sorry. Yeah, like you know, your brother's a guy that like we didn't get to see him a lot in you know Supercross last year. Like there's a there's when, and I think when you really do think about it, there is kind of a bunch of guys that you know whether it's like they just don't land in the right spot or you know like circumstance kind of keeps them from you know like really being able to do that thing. Well, I mean, too in in the in the states, like the, there's just a level of bikes that if you're not on those bikes, it's not you know. Mm. But you know, here you've got teams that they're locked in they have to have two 450s two yeah. 250s so if somebody gets hurt there's still good bikes available on the market and there's 20 or you know f- uh, 42 more bikes that need riders for the sport so however you look at it you know which whichever you know you can have your series and go with it and you know if you're over here you're probably excited about WSX if you're in the states you're like oh you know we already got Supercross like, yeah, yeah. what are they doing yeah and great you know like have that opinion that's up to you but for just the sport in general competition's always good in my opinion and you know i think for what what's going on with the smx and all that stuff in the states i think it's great for the states you know mm. it's it's good and you know it's it, it, i think they're trying to make it like a playoff series right you know you do all these races and then they put all this emphasis on these three races because people have a short attention span right yeah so the smx cup is going to be it's going to be great for that but if you're not one of the top three guys and, you know, if you're not the you know, top three guy in 250 and 450, I don't know if it's as beneficial for you. You know, yeah, it's going to be yeah. greatly beneficial for those guys. Yeah. But if you're just a you know, 15th through, you know, whatever place guy, you, you know, it's it's probably not going to have that life changing effect for you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then, you know, in this series, you have guys you know, have half the half the top 10 is, you know, in, in the States is in this series. So it's just it's broadens it out for everybody and kind of spreads the spreads it around so i i think it's i'm i'm stoked i think this this group of guys knows how to put on an event as good as anybody in the world yeah so if you're you know if it's coming to your city and you get a chance to be there you're gonna be stoked it's gonna be great you know they put on arguably for the crowd live as good or better of a a race as is anywhere so that's uh and i think everybody's winning yeah, and I think that over time. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I just, I just think over time that's that's like gonna come out too. Um, and it's like, it's just, it is different, you know. Like, I just, I never really want to see, uh, um, like the AMA stuff change. Like Supercross in America is dope as fuck. Like we don't really need that to change. But I also ain't mad at a completely different show with like DJs and like freestyle in the middle of it, and you know, like all of I guess just like the different way that they kind of go about making an event for sure i mean it just i think any time that there's something that's fresh and like you you get a new eyes and like hey let's see if this works or hey we don't really like this let's change that up it's always good you know and keeps everybody on their toes and the way you train for this is a little bit different (laughs) what are we what are we up to here is this sarah mclaughlin (laughs) this is a weird track is this one of those like uh send money for pets Josh, I love you. <laughs> and I've been waiting for a long time. We've done like four podcasts together. What, and, uh, what are these days? I got to actually come to the Gold Coast and hang out. Yeah, what's the plan? Have you got any for that? I was going to come and flights were so that? expensive that I found like a crazy cheap flight in and out of Hawaii. Oh, so sick. I was like, Molly, you want to just do a little honeymoon in Hawaii? And, st- and like, it just worked out. I mean, it was going to save me like 
so much money so he's how dude the flights internal while there's like this going on we can just talk about some <laughs> random shit <laughs> the flights right now inside of australia are so ridiculously expensive i don't yeah. understand what's going on it, it only cost me it was 500 bucks to go from charlotte to honolulu and then another 500 to go from honolulu to here and uh it was like gonna be a five grand uh round trip if i just didn't if i if i went a different way the way it worked out so uh, yeah i was like um you know hawaii is a great place i got some friends there i'm like we'll just yeah. go go relax there for a what couple island days. are you gonna go to i think we're gonna bounce around a little bit like we we're just honolulu is like the big airport so we'll yeah. go into oahu and then uh, i got some friends there that have a track there so i might ride one day oh, and sick. you know he's got so and then uh, i got another buddy he's like my old roommate just one day like up and moved to up and moved to uh, hawaii I gotta actually find his number. Or I'm just gonna show up at his doorstep. He's just—he's like he—he he just ghosted everybody, and he's just Hawaiian now. I don't know, but I'm gonna find him. That's epic. Yeah. Um, Kauai's pretty dope. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to go sick. there. Yeah. But, um, that's where we did that Dream Ride Two shoot. Oh, really? that's right. That was sick. Yeah, yeah. That, like, Is that still there? Dude, that track's probably still there. It's probably That'd be a, a good vlog. It's probably a jungle now. Well, so we um, so we built it, and then part of the deal of like building that track. Because it was like a local, it was literally, they just like mowed some shit in the grass there. Yeah. And then they built some singles with like no landings. You know, the kind of like singles you build as a kid where you just like dig it out and then you pop another yeah. dirt on the top. So yeah, we, that, that's all it was. So we built like the, like that legit track and then we just smoothed everything out to make it so that the locals like had a track after. Yeah. So like it probably is still there. I remember, it just, I remember that video was sick. Anytime you have Keisha and yeah, Malcolm in a video Yeah, Keisha and Malcolm and, just the, and then the jumps were good Those guys were tossing sick whips It was just a badass Billy video. Swap built that track Do you remember Billy yeah, Swap? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the dude that built all build the tracks, all, all the tracks back in the day So he he literally moved to Kauai after that shoot So oh, he really? did that sh Like I, I got him to come over Build that track And then he fucking never left Like yeah. he had a kid there and everything Like he's still living over there That's wild uh, random as hell. Is, it, is this like the Grammys to start wrapping up music? Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What time do you? Oh, you still got a little bit. Ah, okay, we're good. Um, what, so, what are you looking forward to for next year? There's some crazy ah. shit going on. Well, I'm, I'm. To be honest, like what I'm most looking forward to, like, really doesn't even involve me. I'm just pumped that Justin's back, my yeah, little brother. Dude, like, I agree completely. He's so sick at riding. He's got a good opportunity. He's gonna be on the team tether deal. I'm pretty like it's looking like I'm gonna be with him and like probably do like select rounds like ten rounds or something. Yeah, okay. Um, so you know I'll get to go uh, out. Dude, and, do all fifty. Yeah, I mean if I'm doing good, I'll, if I'm doing good, hell, I'll stick around. But I want to leave some some room in there to do you know free ride projects and videos yeah, and yeah. stuff. You know, every once in a while, you know maybe maybe there's a couple of rounds that I don't need to go to so I can focus on some other things. And, you know, I mean, it, we'll just see. I mean, if I'm knocking on the door at top 10 every weekend, then maybe I won't, you know? Yeah. So maybe I'll just go to all of them. But either way, um, I'm, you know, I'm stoked to be able to – I've never been a teammate with my brother. I've never even got to train with him. Like, since we've been pro, we've never been, like, in the same – you know, yeah, never been able yeah, to ride yeah. the same tracks. Like, I'd be on RCH and he'd be on PC or he'd be on KTM and I'd be somewhere – you know, we and we couldn't – we're separated. Yeah. So now we're uh, – that's going to change and i think he's fired up and i i swear that if if he wants it you know his best his racing career is his best days are still in front of him yeah he seems fired up and uh Did that makes me happy straight rhythm was a really good indication of just how talented that little motherfucker is <laughs> he's good. like he's a g bro 
Dude, he he's funny. Like all summer, we, you know, I was up doing the big hill jam event, yeah. and uh, you know, I've got I've got the you know, I'm out there building jumps and building stuff, and like I'm always going out and wanting to ride. Like I'm I'm in Oregon, and I only have a couple of buddies that really ride, and you know, and even less that are like on the level of wanting to just to get gnarly and do stuff. So I'm begging Justin to ride, and he's like, Oh no, maybe tomorrow. Doesn't ride, and then the event comes around, and. I'm like I order him gear I lay it out for him I have somebody come and like fix his bike up and, and prep it and make sure it's got the right you know everything on it and he's like yeah I don't know if I'm gonna ride I'm like dude you have to ride put gear up let's go everything's there for yeah. you and he puts on it on he had like Fox gear he's like oh I kinda like this stuff this is sick alright and he just goes out and smashes everybody smokes me on his just a stock Honda like with you know some suspension and uh and he's just he's just he's so talented it's stupid he's he's it's like effortless to him, so you know I'm I'm stoked to have him back. You know he, he quit. He worked at a tire shop. He, like if you just pulled in, really and he needed new tires for yeah, like because he had downtime in between him becoming a cop and his you know his racing. So thing. he was trying to be a cop. Well, he was a cop. What? Yeah, he was a sheriff's deputy in or in what yeah in Oregon for a little bit, and uh, but yeah, so he did. He went from he'd actually a, be a pretty good cop. I mean, I think he I think he would have. I just don't know if uh, if becoming a cop in Oregon at this time is like the, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. the most, re, you know, respected spot. And just, you know, there's just a lot of, this Oregon's there's got some, some weird, stuff weird laws and some weird turmoil there, I guess. And, uh, I don't know. I, he just, uh, I, I don't know if he, he just, he, he tried it for a little while and just decided that he didn't think that that was going to make him, you know, feel fulfilled and be as happy as, uh, as he thought it would be in the, in the beginning. So he, uh, Stop that, and then he just bought like 300 acres in Wyoming, and I think he thought he was gonna like he watched like Yellowstone, watched Yellowstone. or something, <laughs> and he's gonna be a rancher or something. <laughs> so he still got that, and it's sick. It's like backed up to like all this uh, like sick free ride lane, like thousands and thousands of miles of free wow. riding. So we'll hopefully we'll get to utilize that one of these days. But yeah, I don't know. Now he's back, he's racing, and he's he's as good as ever. So if he's uh, has a good off season, stays healthy. Cause you know, last year he was going to race Yeah, yeah. and uh, he had a, a counter shaft sprocket blow up on a, a triple onto a tabletop and a triple off. Yeah. And it just exploded on the step off part and he packed himself in and he got it like a grade five separation. And you know, if you listen to the, you know, some of the, the media out there, like, Oh, he took all this money and he didn't ride and he wasn't hurt. And it, no, that's not the case. A, he didn't get paid past his, you know, his crash at all. And B, he had a grade five separation of his shoulder that he couldn't even move it for like three, four months. But yeah. He's made a full recovery and he's fired up. And I'm like, I'm his biggest cheerleader. And I know he could, he could go out and I mean, top fives, I think are real realistic for yeah. him and podiums is what, if I was him would be my goal. Well, we, yeah. we talked about it like his, uh, I can't remember when we talked about it. Maybe we were in Barcelona, but dude, the, his debut on that 450, was it? It was a Tampa. Florida round, right? Yeah, it was Tampa. Tampa. Dude, I was like, he was on for the win that night. And there was like, there was one turn. I'm pretty sure it was like a left, 90 left after the finish line. And it was, dude, like just no one was even close to him in like that turn. And just to have something so basic, like landing ramp, left hand 90 degree turn, to be like a second faster than everybody else in that is just talent. And he had, he was doing that quad that nobody yep. else was doing. Baggett, I think did it, but then Baggett clipped it and went into the net. Yeah. And then Justin was the only one doing it. And he was like doing it in traffic, like making passive. Like he, he's just, uh, he's insanely talented and he's just always been that kid that, 
you know, he's so good at riding. And he, when I was young, it was like all the attention from my family and sponsors, everything was like on me as a kid. Yeah, yeah. But then Justin would just like, if he felt like it, he'd just show up and go unbeat at like, at Loretta, or not Loretta's, he, uh, at like World Minis and, you know, all this kind of like, dude, he would just go out and win every single moto. And then, you know, then maybe the next year he'd be like, miss his moto because he was off making a little dirt bike track or riding a bicycle like he just wouldn't you know be it's like when he was focused on it and wanted it he could literally just go out and destroy everybody and then uh you know but i think as you get older you know he's he he's realizing that you know what a great opportunity he yeah, has yeah. and what a great talent he has yeah. and you know taking a couple of years off and you know, changing tires for a living and becoming a cop and, you know, doing some real life, real world stuff, you know, it gives you a different perspective. I mean, I thought I was done riding dirt bikes at 25 and yeah. I took a job at Monster Energy and was, a, you know, like in the office and doing all that kind of stuff, writing contracts. And, and I loved it. I, I mean, that was the greatest. I had the greatest bosses. It was the coolest company. But you but could do I, that when the talent for riding a dirt bike is no longer relevant. I just, you know, you kind of miss that, you know, pushing yourself, having a goal. You know, yeah. I was going out and we'd be, I was celebrating somebody doing something great all the time, but I was never, you know, it was never, uh, it, nothing feels as good as when you, you accomplish something for yourself. And when yeah. you have that, op, you know, that unique ability to do it like yeah. he does, uh, you know, I think this time around when he has, starts to have some success again, I think it's going to it's going to feel so much sweeter. And then, it, you know, he, he probably won't want to let go of that. Man. And you know, like for me sitting here as a person that just does not have that, like I don't, that's never going to be on my cards. And it's like, that's, I think from a fan's perspective, like, I mean, I can do other things in my own way, but like to, to have that level of talent to ride a bike and to, to know you could go out there, like Justin Hill could 100% podium a 450 main event next year. And to like have that level of ability and not use it. I mean, I look at that, I'm like, that seems crazy to me, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're selling yourself short. You got a, a great thing going. <laughs> you got a lot of things to be proud of and a lot of accomplishments over the years. You know, what you got built is... Uh, is awesome. I mean, I remember when you first started it up, and to see how how big it's came, you know become, and the names you're getting on here, it's like you got some you got some attaboys in there. Oh, I appreciate that, but I mean, yeah. from a, like a riding perspective, yeah, I mean, you know, like a it's straight just, physical, you know, yeah, yeah, like for contest, just, but yeah. yeah, but like for just to, I guess it, what I'm trying to say, it just like makes me happy that there's someone out there that can do something that like 99 percent of the world can't do. And then they're going to go and do that thing. It's yeah. like, it feels like he should be kind of doing that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. And then uh, he seems like, you know, the, the, the crew chief on the Team Tedder, it's, uh, it's Sean Bell, who was his mechanic when he won his championship. He oh, was my dope. mechanic when, you know, I was at RCH and just like an awesome guy. And then, you know, the Tedder, the Tedder team, it's, you know, it's a family organization. Yeah. It's the family runs it. They're passionate about motorcycles. And luckily, you know, the, the company that they've built, want you know they want to advertise in racing and they want to have uh you know do the it's, corporate it's deal their, it's their and, thing yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. that's what they grew up doing it's their roots and they're in a position to continue it and 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 give a give a couple of bikes for guys to 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 try to go out there and uh succeed so it's it's all Dude, around they're, cool they're honestly an underrated family in motorsports i think like they've probably always flown a little bit under the radar but in terms of like the opportunities that they've given to people within the industry like the money that they've spent the people that they've helped like you know the relationships that, that they've kept going like, i actually think they're pretty underrated I, I think especially for for what they did for you this year as well like 
to pretty much just let you run your own program. You can still go and ride a Stark. You can like you can be like the asset to the moto community that I, I guess like you can be or like use your full potential to just like have them support that and then now to have you guys under the same tent like that's pretty dope yeah and i mean the, the family the tether is like I, I grew up at the you know like the same age as dakota or close to and and all the kids like i think at one point i think all f- five brothers were racing, racing and then yeah. the, you know the dad raced and he would go win the vet stuff so i mean they've been around for years and uh it's just cool that they're gonna continue it past you know all the tether boys wanting to pursue their racing careers you know now dakota's overseeing the team yeah i was gonna ask so does dakota run the team yeah he's he's essentially like he runs it you know his dad is all really really involved but then on like the technical side like sean bell is going to be running you know the the technical side the building the bikes you know what parts and all that we're going to run so you know it's not a it's not a factory effort, but, uh, you know, the equipment, they don't cut corners, you know, yeah, because somebody, yeah. you know, somebody will give them, you know, give them something or pay them to run some part that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, some, some of these teams, you don't realize it until you go through it, but sometimes the parts that go on your bike, you wouldn't put on your bike yourself, <laughs> yeah. but there's a contractual reason yeah. that it's on there. And you can, with, with these guys, you don't have to worry about that. You know, these things are, it's not factory, but it's, it's, it's solid. Well, so that, that's actually like, a, I guess a little bit of a question. Uh, I'll, I'll let you get out of here after this. Yeah, no um, so that was like a little bit of a question with this series, especially with like Kenny's deal, like the way that that went down. Like, so no more HRC, but I mean, I've been saying it for a few podcasts, like we're just racing fucking dirt bikes. Like we ain't racing formula one. Like you don't need to have that crazy level like you don't need a factory bike but am i like wrong in saying that like to get let's say you've got like a hundred grand to spend on a 450 supercross race bike like do you need factory parts if you're ken roxon like can he build his own bike next year and be competitive or is he now fucked without a factory honda no not at all with with where he's at where ken is at if if he i feel like if ken just uh you know, he's got, you know, like if it's Mitch Payton or whoever he goes with, yeah. whoever, like p- people are going to want to see him succeed and be involved with him. And he's going to yeah. get good equipment and he's going to get comparable equipment. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe there's something somebody has that's, you know, just a little bit, you know, once that gives them some sort of mental, yeah. you know, gain or, you know, there's something that they like. And, you know, maybe he'll run into a snag where he can't get a party likes. And is that going to make or break him? probably not if he's happy and he's he's excited about what he's doing and he's passionate and he's doing it for himself then he's probably not gonna sit there and dwell on oh i can't change that one part where if you got somebody that's controlling you and you're racing for somebody else and you know you think you there's something you want to do and you don't know why but they won't do it yeah sometimes that'll eat at you worse than being in the situation where oh i can't get this this is why i can't get this put it out of my brain build my bike go race and go try to win and then show everybody you know i can win without that you know that it's just two different mindsets when you're doing something for yourself or if you're doing it for somebody else i think if it's all you know if ken finds that that want to do it and he finds that just burning desire to be a champ he he could do it on anything well so i'm pretty sure in 16 when he won his outdoor championship like he kind of went away from like factory suspension and like did his own thing for a little bit like he's kind of always been that guy in a sense too right i i I don't really know i haven't to be honest been around 
him, you know, in his testing or any of that stuff. Like he went to RCH the year after I left RCH. So I don't know what that, that process was like, but I mean, just, just based off a of sheer talent level yeah. and what kind of equipment you can get if you're just buying equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in the 250 class, it's much harder to be. Yeah, I would agree with that. But in the 450 class, I think if you have, you know, a hundred, a hundred grand to put it building your motorcycle, you're going to be within, you know, the, the only thing you might, you know, might struggle to get is if you want to change your transmission or if you want to just do like yeah, some, yeah. some out there things that might cost a lot of money. But even then, if he wants it bad enough and he's got some sponsor and support, there's people that make parts, you know, you can get it done. It's just going to take you maybe a little bit longer than if you're factory team and you can just walk into the back of the CNC and go get it made. You know? Yeah. 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 It's, that's really the only difference, but having that freedom to do what you want and doing it for yourself could be worth I don't more. think is ever yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. You know? All right. We're done. We're you're good. the man. You're the man. <laughs> I, Thanks, uh, man. I miss you, bro. And I'm, you uh, I'm stoked that you're here and, uh, yeah, we'll hang out for the rest of the weekend. We'll be around. Good luck. Hey, get that chip, bro. I just need to start. Get man. that chip. I just need to start. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. Oh, what time is it?